What's going on, guys? Welcome to another edition of The Closer. I'm your host, Justin Rayleigh. It's nice to have you all in for this episode on this beautiful Friday afternoon, uh, May 31st. Today's episode is going to be a little different. It's going to be me and a buddy, Justin McGinnis, on, and it is a <clears throat> sample episode for a radio show, uh, possibly coming to a station locally at my uh, place of living. So the show is obviously we're still running through names we just used that one as a sample episode that you're going to hear today um but you won't hear the station name you won't hear anything like that we have permission to use the audio so there's been a lot of stuff clipped out of it and it's going to sound some uh kind of some odd transitions at times that's just because there's been uh things cut out but it's still some really cool content some cool bumper music so uh hope you enjoy this episode and uh Again, it's it's really relevant for this weekend, so it's going to be some great content. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back into JJ on Deck. McGinnis and myself, Justin Rayleigh. We're going to dive into some college baseball here for our next segment. Um, so, college baseball regionals start today. So, a lot of great games to look for, a lot of great players to watch out for. College baseball regionals, best time of year. Oh, yes, best time of year. I love college baseball. I, in my opinion, my, my, the most exciting sport to watch. I, it really is. I really, it really is. I know a lot of like you probably like to lean on professional baseball, but like I love college baseball just for the fact that there's a lot more errors and just a lot more crazy events that can happen because they're college kids. You know, they're they're bound to make mistakes. Well, yeah, and, and it's a great time of year. Again, yes, I do love pro baseball, but I love some college baseball uh, postseason. Uh, you got a lot of things that happen. These guys are playing their hearts out, trying to go to Omaha. So you're gonna see every bit of what they have coming at each and every game. A lot of these guys could be the last time they strap them on, so it is going to be a lot of fun. Let's get right into the headlines here. Vanderbilt, could, are they the hottest team in baseball right now? Because I, I really think they yeah, are. I, th- I think so as well. Like The way their offense has been hitting the ball, it's it's uncredited. With J.J. Bidet, wow. Uh, coming out of Mosley, actually. Right? Yeah, J.J. Bidet is leading the nation in home runs. Straight out of Panama City, Mosley. High school, shout out there. Um, lead the nation in homers, hitting the ball very well. Not just home run, not just power. He's got a great batting average. Yep. He is hitting it all over the yard. Going to be a top five pick in this upcoming uh, MLB draft, so he that's going to be something to look out for as well. He kind of reminds me, he's got like a little bit of a shape of a Mike Trout shape. You know, that kind of like, wow. he's got that kind of like a big, I'm not saying he is, wow. but, but he but he kind of has that type of shape. I don't know if you can see it. You know, he is an outfielder as well. And I, I don't know if he has the speed that Mike Trout has, but he, he doesn't. But, I just the shape of his body, he does. But I mean, this guy, like he's had the captain Derek Jeter coming to his games and watching him just for him. Yeah, you're right. And uh, him and Jorge Posada were there to watch in the SEC tournament. But back to that and Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's a team that in the SEC championship game was down nine to one in the fifth inning. Oh my! Came God. back and won eleven to ten. We're talking about a team who is relentless. Most teams could have just laid down. They know they're going to host a regional. There's no point. Let's just get this game over with and move on. No, they're like, we're coming back. We're going to win another SEC title, and we're going to show why we could possibly be and what I think they all believe are the best team in the country. And that like that game went to show exactly why I 
love postseason college baseball. It is just so exciting because anything can happen. Like, that's not going to happen at a major league game. No, 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 because in major league baseball, you're going to get a position player on the mound by then. Yeah. And you're just getting the game over with. Yeah, it's like, a joke. Because, you, you know, you got 162 of them, and then, like, you know, you, you got so many of it. But, like, college baseball, like, these kids are here for one thing. They want to win. They want to win, and they want a ring. And they're getting a ring now after performing that incredible comeback. But let's move on to a regional you wanted to talk about, uh, specifically in the Los Angeles regional, where UCLA is coming in as the number one team in the country, the number one national seed. But I believe you have some hot takes to give for the Bruins. Yes, I do. Uh, Baylor coming in uh, 21st in the, na- in the nation with a 34-17 record. I love the way they can play baseball. I really think there's a shot in the face that they got put into the UCLA regional. And, you know, I think there's an upset brewing to happen here if these two two teams face off. I wouldn't be surprised if you uh, see UCLA go in the losers bracket before Baylor. Really? Yeah. Well, and again, the Bears were a top ten team to start the season. They had some regression. They had some injuries that led to a slow start. But man, did they kick it into the gear uh, when the season started or once the middle of the season got going? Uh, Davis Wenzel hit three seventy seven, eight home runs. Cole Herring ten home runs. Catcher Shea Langlier seven home runs and a three oh four average. Is going to be a first-round pick. So, again, like you said, I could see this happening with the Bruins coming in and maybe shocking UCLA. Yeah, most definitely. I love the idea of it happening. And uh, UCLA, they've been a tough team all year. They're very hot. But the thing is, it's that number one team vibe, you know? You're right. There's but, a target on your back. Yeah, they're a target on your back. And, we're, and like when you look at it in all sports, football, basketball, baseball, whatever it is, the number one team is my theory that they never win. Because they, just because they're the number one team, you know, they've been up there forever. You know, you know, it happens all the time in football. Happen like in baseball, Florida, numerous, numerous times they went being the number one seed, didn't win. Exactly, you're right. The target on your back is huge, and UCLA is going to fill that starting at this this weekend. Um, so let's move on to the Starkville Regional, where number three Mississippi State uh, is the one seed, the hosting seed, uh, but. That's a that's a pretty good regional, although yeah. I, I don't see it being very close. Miami has showed some spurts of playing well this year, but it comes down to how dominant Mississippi State is and what that offense can do, especially in their own stadium, their brand new stadium at Doobie Noble Field. Uh, that place is going to be rocking. I mean, and like after last year's postseason, oh my God. Cinderella last yeah, year. Cinderella. Now they're here and they're like, we belong here. <clears throat> Let's show something up, and I think that's what's going to happen. Miami is the only team that could give them a chance, and I don't think they will. Mississippi State's going to run away with this regional. Yeah, they have Jake Bingham, the all, uh, sixth all-time in uh, career hits, right? Yep, and he's number and one in the SEC. Yeah, number hits. one in the SEC of all-time leading hits. Man, it's just like when this kid swings, like he's barreling off the ball every every time. And he, he, get, he gets his duck farts, yeah. and he gets barreled to the ball a lot. He's a great hitter, going to hopefully be uh, drafted here soon, and – I look for him to have a monster postseason, yeah. and that that Mississippi State Bulldog team is one that I, I think will be in Omaha. He's that guy who could definitely make some noise to a pitcher when they're like, let's say he comes over running on like probably like first and third. You know, he could make some noise. Like it's going to throw off your command, or you're going to throw one in the zone, and he just ha- hammers it. You know, he that's the type of hitter he and, is. And what I like about him, like we said, I I love the fact that, like you said, with first and third, he's going to come up. He may not get a hit, but he's going to get the job done. That's what I love about players like that. He's definitely going to scare the pitcher, too. He's going to throw off their command because like, they know he can hit the ball, and they're going to try and throw it somewhere where he can't hit it. But it's, it's hard to throw He's going to get his job yeah, done, it, and I love that about him. Let's look at the Lubbock Regional. Texas yep. Tech, the hosting seed. But they come in, I think it's kind of a tough regional. You've got Florida there, who has obviously been a, play, a disappointing year, but they've yeah. been They've been to the yep. World Series uh, plenty of times. Up top, all of it here. Now you're 
Yeah, now they've here. been humbled. Uh, Dallas Baptist can hammer the ball yeah. always. And Army, a little surprise in there as well. But this is some history behind this regional and this, these two teams in Texas Tech and Florida. Why don't you go ahead and take us into that? I'll see. I think Florida's going to get past Dallas Baptist just because of their experience of it being the postseason here. I think they'll get past them easy. But Texas Tech and Florida, they have some huge history in the postseason in the past couple of years. Uh, two years ago in the World Series, uh, Texas Tech beat Florida ending their season when they were ranked number one. They ended their season at the College World Series last year at the College World Series at Omaha. Texas Tech beat Florida the first game, giving them their first loss. Florida fought their way back, then eliminated Texas Tech from their season as well. And those were two really good games. I remember watching those late at night at Florida. Like just, it was just really exciting games. It is, and and it might be baddest or a little bit of a uh, biased opinion for me, but I'm going to go with Florida to come out of this regional as well. I uh, see it, it's tough. Well, our pitching just has to step up here because uh, I am a Florida fan as well. But I don't know Texas Tech. Texas they, Tech's offensive attack is brutal, and that's yeah. what Florida's pitching is going to have to have to show up because it can shut down anybody on any given day. It's just yeah. a matter of are we going to show up today? Exactly, and that's just how pitching can be. Sometimes you know, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. That's just how it is. Sometimes. Let's head on over to Athens. Let's take a look at the Athens regional. Why don't we? Yeah, the Athens regional. Uh, yeah, FA. Um, yeah, Georgia is the host. Georgia. They've had a great season. Um, who was they? They eliminated. Uh, Texas A&M at, mm-hmm. in, a tough, in a very tough way. Um, well, no, not Texas A&M. Ole Miss eliminated Texas A&M. Yeah. But they handed Texas A&M their first loss in the they SEC did. baseball tournament on a walk-off home run. I remember that watching that game live. I was sitting in school watching that game. Yeah, but, yeah. But moving on, I think FAU, they come in this game with Florida State also in this regional. I think FAU is going to upset FSU. Just because I like the way they've been able to play ball. I've watched them play in the Conference USA. They've had some pretty decent opponents, like with Southern Miss and you know Marshall a little bit. But I think they'll be able to upset FSU. It is Mike Martin's last season, so it's tough to tell. Because yeah, and a legendary coach that Mike Martin is. So you'll get to see him in his last playoff or postseason action for Florida State. So you got to think that Florida State is going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. And I could see them making some noise. But then again... I think Georgia's gonna just gonna. I think Georgia's gonna win the regional, and I think that because they've got Emerson Hancock and Tony Lacey atop that rotation, and it's just filthy. And I think Florida State could come in as like a Cinderella here. They've not had a great season, but they've had a good season. They've had a respectable season with Mike Martin, so I think they could come in and do some damage. But I, I just I, I find it hard to believe that anybody's gonna be able to topple that Bulldog starting rotation. I mean, it is college baseball, and you know they want to they want to send out their coach with a great season. You're right. Like he's he was legendary all the way out through his career. They want to send amount on top is still a legend and i think you know we can make something happen there they can make something happen there pretty good I, yeah i like it all right well moving on to the um oxford regional i want to yeah. talk about here real quick before we head on to a team to watch here um Ole miss illinois clemson and jacksonville state this regional is kind of a lose-lose for Ole miss Ole miss had a great season obviously losing in the sec tournament but they have a great starting rotation um their offense has been phenomenal but Illinois has three good pitchers in Andy Fisher Ty Weber and closer Garrett Action and they have been throwing the ball extremely well both all three have under threes for ERA and of course Clemson has Grayson Bird and Logan Davison who each has 15 homers on the year so that offense can be brutal as well but I'm going to go with an upset in this regional I'm going to say Illinois is going to come out of this regional so I'm going to go with that because I just think they're pitching so dominant. It could shut down Ole Miss and that fire offense and can do the same to Clemson. 
Yeah, I have Illinois as well. Illinois, they've been a tough team pretty well. I mean, like, not much comes out of Illinois, but, like, those teams, they, they've looked pretty well. They have, and I, I look for them to move on to a Super Regional as well. All right, now moving on to the team to watch. UC Santa Barbara. This team, a couple years ago, they the were the Cinderella team. Eaters. They were the Cinderella team. I remember watching this game. They were down three, two outs. They were playing Louisville. They had their closer, and Louisville had their closer in the game, and he went on to be a top five pick in the draft that year, too. This guy was hitting 99, like 100 on the mound that game. And they put in a pinch hitter. Guy who had 26 at bats yep. all season. Hits a grand slam. They win the game, walk, walk it off. You're right. And I like this. Uh, this regional for the upset factor itself. Stanford's hosting. You got UC Santa Barbara, Fresno State, and Sacramento State. Yeah, you got all those Cowboys. But teams. I, I think I like Santa Barbara as well. But I also like Fresno State. Although Stanford has a great offense, and I just think that that Fresno State's very balanced. They have good offense. They have great pitching. Uh, I would look for them to maybe advance through this regional as a three seed. So that could be your upset factor. But again, UC Santa Barbara was on the verge of hosting this uh, regional before losing a series to end the season against Cal Poly. So Santa Barbara, Fresno State, those two teams I could definitely see coming out of that regional and upsetting Stanford. Yeah, Fresno State, uh, they ha- there's a big chance that they could come out of this regional as well. But I just really like UC Santa Barbara with their experience. They, they still have some players from that World Series team a couple years ago. The Anteaters are definitely a team to watch out of that region, and along with Fresno State in this regional tournament, and further on as we move through the playoffs themselves. But let's get on to our next segment, Major League Baseball here. Welcome back into J&J on Deck. Going to talk a little Major League Baseball news here. Uh, a little roundtable discussion with the Braves. Let's start off with the Braves. Coming off a two-game series with the Nationals, they're going to host the Tigers for a third, uh, a three-game set this weekend. They've been playing good baseball of late. Uh, behind the bat of rookie sensation Austin Riley, he has come up and been on an absolute tear. Cu- tearing the cover off the ball, dude. Um, I-, I love Austin Riley, but that bullpen still needs work. But um, I, li- I like the Braves, and I think that they're a team to look out for, especially once they start getting hot. And Austin Riley is certainly helping them do that. Yeah, I love Austin Riley. The way he's been swinging the bat is it's crazy. It's just been kind of like a historic type thing, uh, kind of like tra- how Travis Story was when he first entered the league. Yeah, and, and again, we'll get into that too as well because uh, Austin Riley has hit seven home runs in his first 14 games. That is second most in history behind... Trevor Story, who hit eight for Colorado. Yep. But as of right now, in 56 at-bats, Austin Riley's hitting 375, seven home runs, 20 RBIs. He's got a 407 OBP, a 786 slugging. He's got a 1192 OPS. This dude is just absolutely tearing the cover off the ball, and I am in love with how this kid is playing the game right now. Of course, you're in love. Huh? You're a huge Braves fan. Obviously, I'm a huge Braves fan. I'm sure everybody will get to know that as this show goes on. But I, I love seeing it just because I love seeing when prospects come in early like this. It is do great. You know, seeing it like with Vlad Jr., he's been doing it too lately too. I mean, I love it. I just love seeing it come in when people come off to a quick start and leave because, you know, may, from going from college to minor to major league, that's just a, it's just a big – a lot of adjustments you got to make there because every stage is so, so different. Yeah, and he, he came out of high school, so he's still a young and he's still only 22 years old, coming in playing great baseball. You know, and I took some flack on Austin Riley earlier in the year. As I, I did, I hopped on Twitter 
on one of my pages, and I tweeted out that Austin Riley would have a better rookie season than Vlad Jr. And boy, I was attacked. I was attacked hard. Yeah. But so far, I've been right. As I mean, I don't know if like if you're like perfectly right, but like you're you're de- he's definitely holding you up there. I, I'm am right now because every single stat of Austin Riley's is better than Vlad Jr.'s, including batting average, home runs, slugging, OBP, OPS. I'm looking pretty good right now. Do I think it'll last? Probably not, because there's no way Austin Riley can keep up this pace. But if his power numbers keep on going, we're looking at a guy who can hit 30 to 40 home runs out of that spot for the Braves, and that is something the Braves have desperately needed. 40 home runs? Really? I think think so. Dude, this kid has crazy power. (laughs) I mean, we don't don't see 40 home runs very often anymore, though. I mean, I I think it can happen. I'm calling it. 40 home runs are in Austin Riley's future. You think we'll see a player with 40 home runs this year? Well, I mean, Chris Davis has hit it three years in a row. Yeah. So... Crush Davis himself out in Oakland. If he can do it in that ballpark, Austin Riley can do it in little old SunTrust. Yeah, SunTrust is a very tiny park. Balls get out in a hurry there. I, yeah, you're you're right there. I, I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But again, with the Braves still, the bullpen man, it's it's yeah, not been good, and the rotation's yeah. been not not great. Obviously, you have Mike Soroka throwing great. You've got Max Fried throwing pretty well as well. Uh, Fulty's finally looking like his old self, and Tehran's been Tehran, so we can yeah. live with that. But Kevin Gosman's been struggling, dude. He made it through an inning and entered the second inning of his last start against the Nationals and allowed seven earned runs. That can't happen. Uh, his last couple starts have been really shaky, so that rotation still needs a spot to be filled, and I think it, that can come in from like a Tuki Toussaint, maybe throwing Sean Newcomb back in there as well. But the bullpen, the bullpen has been a problem for the Braves all year, and it, it's something that needs to be fixed. Yeah, most definitely. I, I've like I've talked about this with a lot of people with the Braves, like. Their offense, their defense, like it's they're loaded in the field. I love the way they are. They're, they're loaded. loaded. But, they have that one weakness. Yeah, pitching like it's hitting and pitching. You, you need them both to win. Like see, we we saw last year with the Houston Astros relief pin, the relievers they weren't coming out very strong. That's why they couldn't make it back to a second World Series. Uh, the Red Sox they had a lot more. I think their bullpen last year in the World Series was a lot more loaded, and that's why they were able to win the whole. Well, thing. you see it every day. The team that has the best bullpen is more than likely going to win the game. Because there's pitching, two sides of the ball. Pitching, defense, and timely hitting. Yeah. Who said all that? Old Coach George Blake Old over Coach, there at Milton. Every time for a game. Oh my. It's wow. cr- it's right though. Yeah. So it, it has to happen, and that brings me to the Braves. My last thing I will say about the Bravos: Will Kimbrell come back to Atlanta? And it's something that can happen because the MLB draft is Monday. It is something that can happen at 12 a.m. on that day, I believe. The draft pick associated with Kimbrell will disappear, and you can get Kimbrell basically for your money price. And I think he needs to come back to Atlanta. It, it, it may not be the biggest fix, but it's something that can help bolster the back of that bullpen that can just give you a, oh, crap. We're gonna get Kimbrel here in the ninth. And Kimbrel, like he, he, last year in the regular season, he was he was pretty good. But the postseason, oh man, he was he was bad in the postseason. He but bad, he, they but did <laughs> find out he was tipping some pitches, and I think they got that worked out. So moving on, the Tampa Bay Rays, one game back of the Yankees in the AL East, I believe. Um, they are actually it's probably a half game now, actually, because they spanked the Twins last night. But Austin Meadows, you heard me talk about it on Sports Call last weekend. Uh, one of the pieces acquired in the Chris Archer trade has been on fire. This dude is crushing the ball. And I think we'll get into a little bit more of his stats later. Am I right? Yeah, we'll get back into All right, we'll get later. back into him in a minute. Um, but a big problem there. Tyler Glasnow, who's arguably the best pitcher in the big leagues before getting hurt, is on the 60-day IL right now. So they're going to have to fill that spot because uh, that is a pitcher who is throwing the ball great. And with him being out for a while now, that could lead you to maybe the possibility of a Dallas Keuchel 
go into the Tampa Bay Rays? Do you see that in the future? Maybe I can see it happening. And, you know, Keiko, like he, I mean, the Rays they could use someone to you know kind of fill in that hole of Glass now being gone right now. And you know, I kind of like it, but I think when Glass now comes back, you know, he he, I don't know what's going what would happen to Keiko though. Is the thing. Yeah, and you're right, but maybe he could slide into that extra spot in the rotation because they do use the opener quite a lot. Yeah. He could slide in there, give some help, move one of their starters to the bullpen because uh, obviously they're going to need as much pitching as they can get, and I think that that's going to help them. That could help them. Uh, I don't know if they'll do it, obviously, money-wise, but maybe it's a possibility. Yep, it's Moving on. A possibility. The Twins, the Major League affiliate, obviously, of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, not to mention best record in Major League Baseball, which is kind of crazy because yeah. don't the Wahoos have the best record in the Southern League? Apple doesn't far, far, fall far from the tree. I mean, the Blue Wahoos, they've been leading the Southern Southern League division pretty much all season. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And and this is a team that no one really saw being this good. Now, I, I wrote an article earlier uh, in the year when I previewed the AL Central saying that I thought the Twins were going to be a team to watch, but I don't think anybody thought they were going to be top of the division, uh, leading Major League Baseball in tons of offensive categories, and just having overall the best record in Major League Baseball. I mean, who would have thought that that could happen? Yeah, most definitely. I'm I'm with you there. But do you think it could last until All Star break? You think, the, you think I, I I think I think it does. I think they're for real. I don't, I'm at the I don't know if they'll be at the top. I don't know if they'll be at the top. But I think they'll definitely be a top three team. They're going into the second half of the season, which I've been very excited to see about because Minnesota. They've been. Yeah, like in these past couple years, you know, so seeing them with this type of success, it's pretty good to see. Well, they they always had the potential, man, and it didn't come together last year, but they went out and got Marwin Gonzalez, who struggled to start the year, but super utility, and he has really picked it up. C.J. Crone is hitting a bunch of home runs over there at first base. Uh, You've got a lot of guys on that team's team contributing. Um, so I, I, I'm in love with that Twins, Twins team. I'm in love with their pitching, man. Jake Odorizzi, um, Jose Barrios are really throwing the ball really well. Um, Martin Perez threw the ball well until last night, obviously, when he got roughed up by the Rays. But, man, that has been enough to sustain them because that offense. They're leading the major leagues in OPS at 851. They're leading the major leagues in slugging percentage at 511. They're leading the major leagues in all kind in RBIs. They're leading the major leagues in home runs. They're leading the major league in doubles, man. This offense has been lethal, and I just I love it, dude. And I think this Twins team is for real because the Indians, they're really down, and that's a big thing there because uh, their pitching has been really bad. Uh, the Twins or the Indians have their offense has been terrible. But now the Twins come in, man, and they've just been on fire. I mean, Max Kepler's crushing the ball in the outfield. Uh, Eddie Rosario hitting the ball really well. Jorge Polanco has been a star over there at shortstop. So you've got a Twins team that's for real. I think they're for real. And I don't think that the Indians could come back up. Yeah, all right. Let's get into our players of the week that we have for uh, this segment. Oh, yeah, the players of the week, man. You want to go first? You lead us off here. All right, so for my we have a hitter and pitcher that we do every week for our players of the week, and for mine I have uh, for my pitcher for my pitcher of the week I have a uh, Brandon Woodruff who had a uh, eight point he had a game this week where he pitched eight point two innings he had he struck out ten only allowed one hit and it was a home run sadly but that was like just a, an amazing out he had he's a pitcher out of Milwaukee he's twenty six years old came out of Mississippi State who's you know you got some, you talked about them earlier looking pretty good and so. He's my pitcher of the week because of his amazing outing he just had this past week. All right. Well, my pitcher of the week is going to be a guy out of the Chicago White Sox and Lucas Giolito. He has been a guy that has struggled, has not looked good since he was traded there. A former uh, top 50 prospect 
has had the potential always, but now, man, he has looked great. And I'm he's my pitch of the week because in the last two weeks, he has, or in the last week, in two starts, he's thrown a complete game shutout in eight innings, only allowed three runs, and struck out ten. And by the way, I forgot to mention that Brandon Woodruff, his outing was against the Phillies on Sunday. He walked zero and struck out ten. And he improved, improving his record to a seven and one. And, we're, and yeah, we're talking about a Lucas Giolito here on mine, who struck out nine and shut out the Astros. So I'm going to give him my pitcher of the week. My hitter of the week is Lourdes Goriel Jr. of the Toronto Blue Jays, who has been on a tear as well in his last few games. And he is hitting the ball great. He's got. Um, let me pull up his stats here. On the season, he's up to 279. But the reason I am liking him so much is because in the last uh, week, he has had. Um, let me pull it up right here. A 435 average, four home runs, and 10 hits. And uh, he's only struck out four times in his 23 at bats. So I like him there because he's been crushing the ball. Don't think it will continue, but he is definitely helping out that Blue Jays offense that's really struggling. Yeah, and my hitter of the week is going to have to go to Mr. Nolan Arenado. Man, this guy's been on a tear. Like, wow. He's had 27 at bats. He's scored nine times. He has four home runs, 12 RBIs. Uh, he has an average of uh, 4.44. And uh, he's got 12 hits and a double. And well, yeah, and he's got a 1,400 OPS in the yeah. last seven days, and Guriel has a 1,500. So we're talking about two great hitters that uh, I, I, I'm amazed at the week they've had. Yeah, they've had a, an amazing week. I've liked the way it's been. Uh, but, yeah, no are no. I'm giving him my hitter of the week. Major League Baseball portion of this show and episode. Now we're going to move into a shout out to our quick shout out to some college softball during their College World Series, and we're going to talk some previews for this weekend and some predictions. Softball actually came in last night, and uh, we had uh, Florida. They had a sad loss to Oklahoma State. Uh, Samantha Shaw, uh, she the pitcher for Oklahoma State, she had uh, two hits last night, making two home runs. Those are the only two hits that Florida had let up the entire game, and that, that was just enough to get them done. They had a 2-1 win. Samantha Shaw, if she hadn't been in the lineup for Oklahoma State, I don't think they would have came out on top. Well, yeah, you're right, and uh, Florida's been a team, kind of a surprise team of destiny here. And I hope that um, they can keep it going. But Oklahoma also defeated Alabama 3-2 last night. UCLA defeating Minnesota and Arizona defeating Washington. So there's our quick softball shout-out. Those are some great games to watch. So if you want some good sports to watch, some fun, be sure to tune on into the softball or college softball World Series. Yeah, and of course, regional starting tonight for baseball as well. Tune so you got a lot of sports to watch. Yeah, a lot of baseball, a lot of softball. You know how it is. But let's get into these upcoming games of – right now that we have in the MLB. So we're going to do what we're going to do here is we're going to we're going to give you our kind of games of the weekend. Uh we're going to predict who we think is going to take each series. We're going to keep up with these. So Twins and Rays. Obviously the Rays won the game game one yesterday 14 to 3. Who are you going to go with for the next 3 games in this series? I like I think the Twins will win the win tonight and then I have the Rays win one and the Twins win again. Okay. So you got them split in the series. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go with the Twins as well, but I'm going to say the Twins are going to take this series 3-1. to one. So I think that was the last game the Rays win last so, night. So you think this, they're going to just win, it, win out from now? Yeah, I think the Twins are going to take the next three. Okay, I got you. All right, now we have uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees. You know, hit the most historic series and rivalry in baseball. Wow, let's 
Uh, I like the Yankees. The Yankees, they've been hot. They, they've been hitting the ball. Even with all the injuries they've had, I really like the Yankees this game. I, I'm not seeing much out of the Red Sox right now. They've been kind of on a slow start to the season. So I've seen the Yankees winning this series 3-1. Uh, to one. All right, well, last night's game was postponed. Uh, so it's going to be a Friday through Sunday series. And I believe Chris Sale's scheduled to start for the Red Sox on Friday. So I'm going to go ahead and give Friday's game to the Red Sox. But I'm going to give the next two to the Yankees. So I'm going to go Yankees, take this series two to three. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, Chris Sale, he's probably one of the toughest pitchers to face in all of the MLB. I love the way he he throws the ball with his slider and the way his arm angle is when he comes across the mound with that big, lanky uh, body frame. Yeah, you're right. And, and Chris Sale has struggled to start the year, but but he has really come come on, turned it on the last few starts. So I think he's going to shut down that Yankees offense, especially a Yankees offense that, again, has been playing well, but they're also playing without um, Miguel Andahar, Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton. So they're losing a lot, and I just think that the lot, Red Sox for— A lot of power. A lot it's of power. a lot of power, man, and I just think that Chris Hill's going to be able to shut that offense down Friday night. But Saturday, Sunday, I think the Red Sox starting rotation and bullpen is going to come back to hurt them, and I think the Yankees are going to get them those two days. You think so? I, I mean, I like the way that sounds too. I think the Yankees have have these uh, have this series won, and a lot of history in this series. You know, it's probably. I think it's going to be on ESPN Sunday, right? I'm sure it will be. The Red Sox and Yankees are always on ESPN. Yeah, it's yeah. When it comes down to it, on Sunday night baseball, because I mean, this is the, the probably one of the greatest rivalries in all of sports. So I'm a fan here. Uh, always good baseball to watch. But let's talk about the Nationals and Reds. And we're bringing this up because Wahoos alum Luis Castillo is going to face off against Max Scherzer this weekend. And Max Scherzer is obviously one of the best pitchers in, in the game and has been for the last few years. But Castillo, he's been probably one of the toughest pitchers right now lately in this first month. He he has. and He's been throwing the ball extremely well. His fastball has been running it up there. I mean, his fastball sits sits in the high 90s, touches triple digits. But his what makes him such a great pitcher is his ability to pitch off the fastball with that changeup. That, that changeup is that changeup is insane. And see, I mean, the fastball and the changeup they have they have very similar movement with the way they move. It's just that speed difference is crazy. Well, when you've got a fastball coming out at ninety eight to ninety nine, and you drop a changeup at eighty four, yeah, I mean, come on, you got with very similar movements. With, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I mean, it's crazy because you've got a guy who is so young. But is pitching so well, and he's locating, man. Yeah, he, he, That's such a big thing for these young guys to come in and locate, and he's doing that. And right now, he's sitting pretty with a two-four-five ERA. Uh, he is sitting at a three-three-two FIP and a one-one-zero-five WHIP, which is amazing. Uh, so I am, I'm liking the way this guy's pitching. If he keeps going at the rate he's on, we're looking at a guy who could win a Cy Young here in the next few years. And go ahead and touch on like the stat reference of WHIP. For, uh, oh yeah, and, and in case for those of you that don't know, uh, WHIP is kind of more of an advanced statistic, but it's one that it kind of shows it's a little less biased, I guess you could say, that a lot of people like to think than some of these others. But WHIP is walks plus hits per inning pitched. So you're kind of getting because a walk, an ERA or earn run average um, is kind of more of a um, hit based. And then you get whip, you're talking, you're including his walks and the hits he gives up. So that is kind of showing the overall product of what the pitcher is doing. It. And, it, and it really shows a dominance factor as well. So that is a great stat to look at. I like to look at it for pitchers. And he has just been whipping hitters. Yeah, he, he really has. You know, sometimes he has had uh, location problems. He has, he but has. he's gotten a lot better. Yeah, he, he has. And I've, I love seeing him come through Cincinnati because Cincinnati has been struggling a lot. And, you know, 
they started off really slow to the season, but I think they're, they're they're slowly climbing back to 500. And now it's going to be hard to take over the Cubs, of course. Like the Cubs, they've just they've also been on fire. Actually, let's go ahead and touch on the Cubs and the Cardinals because they play uh, Friday through Sunday as well. Yeah, the Cubs and Cardinals are going to be a great series as well. Um, it's always fun when these two teams get together because obviously they don't like each other and. A Friday through Sunday series here with the Cubs and Cardinals, so it's going to be a fun one to watch as well. The Cubs have been hot, dude. They've been playing some great baseball. They, they've really rebounded after a really tough start to the season. Mm -hmm. That pitching has really picked up, and that's why I think the Cubs are in a good situation here um, to really really take a gain on that NL Central. They're up by a half game over the uh, Brewers, and the, and the Cardinals look like a great team coming into the year, but they have collapsed. And that's why, I mean, I think the Cubs are going to be in great shape because you've got Darvish, Quintana, and um, Hamilton this weekend, and they are struggling at times, but they are really starting to pitch well, and that offense is really coming through. So I like, I like the Cubs, and I'm going to say the Cubs sweep this series. I like that. Yeah, and uh, on the road, the Cubs are 13-13 and 13 right now, and the at-home for the Cardinals are 16-12. and 12. So right now, you know, it's, it's a little bit different there. But also, uh, Pace High School uh, – alum Addison Russell he is actually he's what was it a week ago two weeks ago that he was reactivated yeah and he's been, he's actually picked his bat has become he, 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 he's been on fire I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't I'm not surprised like he he was probably mad after that suspension you know you see it a lot when you're suspended like sometimes players they just come back on a fire like, right it, you gotta love to see it coming especially coming from him coming out of this area right and we're not going to get into the specifics of that yeah, suspension but that's, yeah, that's his not. business that's that's that goes on there but he has, I mean, he hit a couple home runs the other night. Addison's picked it up and really been a bolster to that lineup. Looks like Chris Bryant's going to be back hopefully this weekend as well. So I do think the Cubs will take at least two of this series. I said sweep. I'm going to stay with it because I said it first. But I do give the Cardinals a chance on Saturday. That's going to be a great game as Jack Flaherty's going to take the mound. He's pitched better in his last start or two. But he's struggled, and he's a great prospect, and he's expired that now. But I think that he's going to be someone to watch out for. So that's going to be a great series there. I'm going to take the Cubs a sweep. What do you have? Um, honestly, I'm going to say the Cubs get get them a three one. I mean, I three a three two. I mean, two, two one. Th two one. Yeah. Two one. You get yeah. the Cubs at two one. So we're about the same area here. Looking at that. Now let's go over to the Phillies and the Dodgers. Man, the Phillies lead the NL East, blech, yeah. and the Dodgers lead the NL West. But the Phillies have been playing good baseball without Bryce Harper, really, because Bryce Harper has not been good this year at all. No. His strikeout percentage keeps rising and rising each year, and I kind of like it as a Braves fan because, ha-ha, you just yeah. paid $330 million for a guy who's going to strike out 35% of the time. Exactly. That's what, like, and this is what I said. Like, if you go and listen to our show, uh, our, uh, our show Sports Call, I'm the producer for that show, uh, it, every Saturday from 11 to 1, uh, Sports Call, Jordan and Davis. We said before the season started, and I said that Bryce Harper, he's overrated, and Philadelphia, yeah, you wasted your money. Yeah, his strikeout percentage is going to keep going up and up and up and up. Yeah, and this Phillies team has, has still held ground in the NL East as they're three games up on the Braves right now. The Dodgers are running away with the NL West, and I don't think that's going to even be close at all. Uh, the Dodgers are going to walk through that and win the NL West easily. But the Dodgers, man, I think as of right now they have the best hitter in the in the world on their team in Cody Bellinger. Yeah, they really do. I, I, Cody Bellinger. Wow, what a, he's he's been well, coming out this. His season. rookie year, he led the league or he led uh, in home runs in the most home runs by a rookie, and he has just turned it on, man. This season, it's it's like it's the ball is coming up there as a freaking beach ball. 
He just he was hitting 400 for most of the uh, year until recently. He's down to 377. Already has 20 home runs, slugging over 1200 at the moment. Uh, or OPS is over 1200 at the moment, slugging 754. Yep. Uh, he's a guy that is having a career year right now. If yeah. he quit the season right now, you're looking at that going, wow. Pretty good year. Yeah. It's freaking May 31st, dude. Yeah, and he has a 34-31 uh, walk-to-strikeout ratio, ratio, which is really good, which is it's rare that you see uh, more walks and strikeouts. Especially as a young hitter like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Because he actually, uh, right now, he's got more walks than strikeouts. And you're looking at a guy who last year struck out 151 times and only walked 69. Right now, he's got 34 walks. He's almost he's about half of that number from last year, and it's May thirty first. Yeah, it's May. 31st. It's crazy to think that this guy is doing what he's doing, and I think it's going to continue. He may not hit three seventy this year, but he's going to hit forty home runs this year. I best believe it. Mark that, check it right now. And I'm going to go. The Dodgers are sweeping the Phillies, helping out the Braves. Dodgers are sweeping the Phillies. Of course, you want that to happen. I want it to happen. I I like to see it happen. But, you know, and you get a lot of energy from these two teams. Like, there's just a lot of players who show a lot of emotion. Um, With Clayton Kershaw, you know, he's probably one of the most energetic pictures you'll ever see. And that's always. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, he's he's one of the other ones, too. Yeah. And uh, so, but, yeah, with Cody Bellinger and the Dodgers, I think they'll take this pretty easily. It just, I don't see the way how the Phillies could come out on top of this, especially without Bryce Harper right now. So, what do you got? So I got I got the Dodgers. Uh, mm, I'll give them a sweep. I'll give them a sweep. You're gonna give them a sweep too. All right, that's two sweeps there. Well, all right, guys, that's the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Obviously, again, it's different. Uh, just a sample episode for a possible radio show. So there's some names in there that don't make sense. There's uh, some transitions in there that are kind of rough. I tried to break it up and kind of pitch my voice in between the clips so you could get an understanding of what's going on. But um, again. I hope you enjoy it. Hopefully it'll be an actual radio show coming up soon. But uh, that's our show, the closer for this week. We'll see you guys again next week. Before we head out, make sure you head on over to tailgatesportsentertainment.com. Check out all the cool stuff over there. Read you some sports articles, anything like that. Um, and follow the closer at Closer Podcast on Twitter and myself at Justin Rayleigh underscore 15. Uh, again, guys, different episode, but I hope you liked it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Peace.